We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7, sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again today. My name is Dan Kotnick. My partner is today uh, doing a wellness check to make sure that everyone's still um, upright and, and doing okay after Sunday night. Uh, Matt Fralick and Janelle Mackey. Guys, how are you doing? Are we hanging in there? Are we, uh, you know, are we through the stages of grief just yet? I kind of was. <laughs> and then preparing for this podcast recording, I was listening to Andy Herman's episode like right after the game when he records it, and like that kind of brought me in a funk again. Like Andy's, you know, he's the quarterback of this whole Pack of Day podcast thing, and like I like to listen to his takes and stuff. And he was uh, just to quote him a few times, concerned. That was the word he kept using. And it's just yeah, it's it's tough not to be concerned at this point. Janelle, I saw on Twitter um, one of your students was curious about your wellness as well so that's nice to see yeah i i usually have to prepare the most after a loss going to work and having to deal with fellow co-workers and students all making fun of me picking on me asking how it went but really nothing but like concerned like that word comes up again like making sure like oh my gosh i'm so sorry is everything okay so i think everybody kind of knows that that was just a really tough one to lose and it wasn't even like a fun loss where like we looked good played hard and couldn't come out with the win it was just like nothing 
And I don't even know which one's worse, that or the Chargers. Like, I think the Chargers game was kind of just more humorous. This one was just really disappointing. And I'm kind of upset that they moved it to prime time, so I had to stay up even later to watch that. Like, we could have just dealt with that loss at 3 o'clock and gone to bed early. <laughs> and I think this one's much worse. Like, you had another week to prepare. Yeah. You could have – you could have – it's great when you have just like one game like this where you can just ah throw the tape out the window, you know, bury the football type of thing. And like now it's like you've had two of these games, and I don't really like the whole like going out west and playing against the Bosa brothers. I don't really like that narrative. I think it's just end of the day, like Dan and I were talking before you got in here, Janelle, like to record, like you're more than likely gonna have to go out west if and when you make the playoffs. Um and win a game. Like that's probably gonna happen, whether it's versus Seattle or or the Niners at this point, the way that both teams are playing. So uh, get over it and let's like play football. Like this is, I don't know, just just being embarrassed on Sunday night football in prime time is the worst. Because then like I'm even driving to the gym today and Jim Rome's talking about it and like just saying how it's like the Niners, it's you know, it's how great they were. It's like, well, that, that could have been the Packers. Like he could have been saying that too. But again, it's just like another step back in this season where it's like you think you're on that on the on the cusp and like one of those contenders and now we should kind of just like fall back down. Yeah, I got to learn how to win in California. <laughs> yeah, it's going to come up, like Matt said. And guys, I'll, I'll tell you this. If you're looking to feel better about yourselves, um, come listen to Sports Talk Radio in Detroit. Uh, Ooh, they're bad right now. It's, they're... Well, it's not even just – so, yeah, the Lions are absolutely terrible. And But, I mean, the, the radio, thing... like, they're – they wanted to sell the team. Like they're they're coming after oh. Mrs. Ford, aren't they? Like oh, they're yeah. Uh, the the afternoon guy was is making the the rounds with um, uh, Big Cat from Barstool yeah. to get shirts made. Like that happened on like the on air shift while I was sitting there listening to it at work. Uh, yeah, they they are they are in full on like ready to. Uh, like like if, if if they don't win on Thanksgiving, which there's a pretty good chance that they won't, like they, there's a good chance that like they burn Ford Field down on Thanksgiving <laughs> this Thursday. Uh, so I mean, it could it could honestly be way way worse. And and really like just like I was kind of thinking about this too, just like as perspective, like you know, at the end of the day, like that really absolutely sucked. Um, but like. There was a ton of people on Twitter, like, ready to just – I mean, there, there were people saying to get rid of Aaron Rodgers and reset and start from scratch. Um, like, there are there are about probably, like, 20 teams right now that would kill to be in the Packers' shoes at this point. You know, like, as, as terrible as that was, like, this team still has, like – they've got a veteran presence – with Aaron Rodgers, obviously, they've got an exciting offense when it's clicking, a, a defense that can make plays. So, like it could, it could be, it could be way, way worse. Um, Overreaction Packer Twitter is the best this year because it's <laughs> like we've tasted we've tasted glory, and like we're we're out of how bad last year was. Like we're onto a a whole new regime and whatever, and we have this whole new energy that we've talked about a few times on this this podcast. But like, people are just crazy, like. Like, I don't know, I thought, man. Like I just some of the storylines people come up with, it's insane. Like I thought they were, I thought they were crazy last year. You know, when it's fire Mike McCarthy and they didn't make the playoffs for two straight years. You know, again, uh, like first world problems for the Packers, and now like 
this team is eight and three with an a, an amazing quarterback, and you know, it, like just all the stuff that I said, and people are still ready to just absolutely revolt, and it, it's 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 crazy to crazy to see. Um, but before we, you know, our carving Brooks was here into the into the um into the ceiling. Let's uh let's discuss the game that we saw on Sunday a little bit, guys. Um, I mean, there's really not much to kind of dissect other than really they failed on all aspects of the game. And I think it, I think overall, I think you can kind of sum it up. It goes back to coaching and kind of the, you can call it inexperience or just um, lack of, lack of consistency from, I think Matt LaFleur. And I think you have to throw Mike Pettin in there as well. Both of those guys, I think, um, I think kind of, or maybe the stem of a lot of the problems we're seeing, uh, in this game and then the last couple of weeks too, especially uh, if you go back to LA. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, you know, I, I, I would say, yeah, across the board, bad special teams, offense, defense for sure. And, um, you know, before the game, they're showing, you know, as, as they do for primetime games, they're showing the whole, you know, team, they're saying where they're from, what, yada, yada, yada. I'm looking at all the grades for the, the linemen. And they're all great for the Packers. Like everything was, I think, top 20, top 15. And I'm like, all right, you know, like I'm not, not that that's like, that's just a little bit more peace of mind for me. Um, and just to see that, you know, a team that's having a really good year on their offensive line, I would say. And I mean, besides maybe a few hiccups here and there in the last few games, it's just that was a huge thing. And they're playing without D Ford as well and uh, just getting after it. Aaron Rodgers and. Uh, Andy pointed out, you know, Corey Lindsay didn't have a good game either. He had some um, errant snaps, being a little bit low, and just everything across the board. I mean, it's and I wish it was one of these games where I could just forget about it and you know throw the tape out and we just move on and we worry about uh, week thirteen headed to the Meadowlands. But it's really one of those things where uh, there's a lot on tape right now how to beat the Packers. Uh, you really don't need much. You know, it's not it's not overly creative it's not like scheming up a play like they did with george kittle and get him wide open it's really not even that complicated it's just you know run some crossing routes run the ball and you're probably going to be okay um it's i don't i don't really know what to do i think it is it does come down to coaching dan i i do believe that but guys got to make plays i mean you can't have jimmy graham and geronimo allison dropping the ball mvs a few times yesterday i i uh Aaron Rodgers would just like kind of he there was a few times where he ran a route and Rodgers kind of looked at, like at towards him and then like back to the sideline to like kind of communicate either with uh, with Hackett or Lafleur. It's just I don't know what's going on with some of these guys. I think some of it is coaching, but really it's just guys aren't performing the way we expected them to. Um, yeah, just it's kind of frustrating. Yeah, and it's tough when like you see plays that aren't working and then you see a play that works really well. And then you go back to the things that aren't working, especially on that uh, fourth down attempt. Running Aaron Jones right up the middle was a complete waste of time. We should have just attempted the field goal because that run up the gut wasn't working at all yesterday. Everything that was working was to the outside. So it was really disappointing to see that keep coming up and coming up and coming up at the wrong times, especially like I think the air game was what was working a lot better yesterday, but like you said, guys just not executing the way they're supposed to. Lots, lots of drops. Even if, even if Rogers doesn't place it perfectly into your hands, like if it's there and you can try and make a catch, like you got to do that because every little aspect of that game yesterday, any little thing, 
could have been the turning point to get it back where it needed to be. And yeah, the Jimmy Graham one was especially disappointing, but I, it's just tough. And then defense, it's like, there was mismatches all day, especially with Kevin King on Kittle. That should have never, ever happened. And I think Kevin King needs to do a better job of sticking, at least sticking with him. Like, it seems like he's kind of just out there running around, doesn't really know what's going on. And it's just really disappointing when the defense is really hot sometimes. And then all of a sudden it's like the next play wide open guys. So it almost kind of gives me a Dom Capers PTSD feel like, I think like, oh man, here we go. They always throw it right to the first down line and then we're about two seconds late, tackle them after they catch the ball. And that's the thing that bothers me the most, I think, is the pressure on the defense, mostly by like the DBs. Like the the line, I think they should have kept applying that pressure to Jimmy Garoppolo when we're rushing and kind of just throwing back at them what they're giving to us. I think that was working really well. And then when you get soft and you kind of get laid back, all of a sudden they start pushing, putting the pressure on us and we just kind of crumbled on defense too and way too many open guys, miscommunication in the backfield, allowing guys like Kittle who are already good when they're being covered to be wide open. So I think there's a lot that need to take away from this game. And this isn't just one of those games that you you just kind of throw away and forget about. I think this is one of those games that you got to get angry about really learn from it, really be upset with yourself and come back and have that little bit of anger and just go out and stomp the Giants, like put up 40 on them and get all that anger out and get back in the swing of things. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, to be fair, there's there's really no, at this point of the season, there really is no defense for, you know, the lack of production and the lack of plays that Jimmy Graham has made, but you know, they, they did – like there were just so many kind of little things, especially early on, that didn't break the Packers' way um, that I think did help kind of create that, you know, huge rush of momentum that kind of snowballed. And I think the Packers really lost control of the game, which I think, again, goes back to head coaching because we've seen, you know, several times, and not just in the three losses, but in – in other games where things get a little close, where Matt LaFleur, if things aren't kind of vibing how he wants in kind of the flow of the game, he really kind of tenses up in that offensive play calling. Um, you know, I mean, just the Jimmy Graham uh, incompletion, which, you know, the uh, the official in the booth was saying um, if it had been challenged, he would have called it a catch because he was down. Um, obviously the Devonte Adams penalty and the Kevin King penalty, you know, completely swung things a different way. And then that fumble that just squirts out, there were just so many things that right away just did not go the Packers way. And, and again, like I said, it, it leads to this scenario where you're not playing when you're feeling comfortable. And I don't think this team has found, uh, found a way to do that yet, which honestly I, I think is pretty understandable. I mean, you know, eight and three is awesome, and we've seen, you know, all gas, no bleep and break kind of stuff. But, um, you know, we're still also just eleven games into a new head coach's scheme in an offense with guys that are, you know, still trying to get acclimated. And so, um, I think really at the end of the day, it's not what you want, and you never want to see this. But it's really not that surprising that they have kind of performances like this because I think there are still a lot of kinks that need to be worked out. Um, 
you know, on both sides of the ball, especially on offense. Um, but on defense, again, if I can stick with coaching for just one more second. Uh, do you guys think that in the next five games, is Mike Pettin coaching for his job at this point? Hmm. I really haven't thought about that. Because, um, I mean, you know, Janelle, I mean, Janelle says, you know, it's kind of PTSD of Dom Capers. And, you know, it, they they mentioned in almost every game that he's, you know, it's kind of unique to have that holdover from an old regime. I mean, like, and the way that this defense is getting up a lot of really big points and really big plays, like, it could be a chance for Matt LaFleur to get a guy that he wants in there. I mean, there's a chance. They're definitely, I don't, I mean... Like you said, there's they've talked about it enough on the broadcast, and it's been discussed, you know, between fans. I I think there's a chance to do that. I mean, if they end up giving up a ton of points in the next two weeks to a couple terrible NFC East teams, I would think that would be a start uh, to you know have maybe Mike start packing his bags. I I still think it's his job. I mean, he's he's got some of these guys playing really great. But at the end of the day, like, you do have a lot of pieces on that defense. I mean, there's a ton of names there. You may not have, like, the best maybe, you know, core defensive lineman or maybe you're missing a lineback- middle linebacker, like a stud. But beyond that, like, you have some pretty good guys. So I, it's you got to kind of play with what you have. And, yeah, I, I, I would say at this point, I guess I kind of talked myself into it. Yeah, he is probably playing for his job at this point. Yeah, and like you said, you kind of look at the upcoming games we have there really will be no excuse for allowing a lot of points considering how those teams are playing right now, their offenses and looking at the pieces we have on defense. So you kind of look at it like, okay, well, all the talents there, but what's the scheme? So that's kind of what makes you question, okay, well, what if we could get a guy in here that can really work with these guys and all their talent? So it's definitely something that isn't crazy to have up in the air out there and start thinking about, especially if, against Giants, Redskins, Bears coming up. If the defense isn't performing, then, yeah, I think it's it's a possibility. So with that, too, um, you know, Janelle kind of brought up the play of Kevin King, and the one that obviously sticks out is that uh, George Kittle touchdown where he just looked like a, you know, uh, a top out in the out in the secondary. And that's then that's kind of the play. If I mean, let's let's be real. If you're thinking of the the signature Kevin King play, like if you're talking about how a guy plays, doesn't that kind of seem like that's how Kevin King plays? It, it seems like every time you see him making the play, like when I think about it, it's him trying to like figure out where the play is supposed to be and where he's supposed to be. Is it? Is it time to kind of also start thinking about a future without Kevin King? I, I think I, I saw it a ton on the timeline, and I agree with a lot of the sentiment that I don't think they would move on from him. You know, they wouldn't cut him outright. Uh, but I mean, like, I think at the beginning of the year, we thought cornerback was a really true uh, position of strength with this defense. And I think we've been kind of proven, you know, that may not be the case. I think Kevin King's just one of the guys like we don't have a large tape on him and when we do it's a lot of injuries and Mm -hmm. yeah I think that is a play like you see Kevin King it's almost like he's like thinking too much where uh looks like that's a basic I've seen a lot of it talked on Twitter today uh, from Ben Fennell and Andy Herman like it looks like it was like a normal cover three shell right and 
normally that play on a, a play action like that, that's just going to be a Kittle's going to run to the sideline. And that's kind of what Kevin was thinking. He must have saw that probably in film. And they drew up a perfect play. Um, you know, at the end of the day, maybe they said maybe Jair should have been back over the top to cover that, but he's not really looking at that. He's looking at the guy in motion. But I mean, really, yeah, that's a Kevin King play. Like you, there's one guy running a route essentially, and you kind of just, I mean, you didn't even like move your hips. Like you turned your whole entire body to the opposite side and completely are just fooled. So, um, if he, I don't think it's time to move on from Kevin King. I do think it's it would be nice if we had someone to step up and at least compete that wasn't Tremont Williams. Or like I, th- I really thought Tony Brown would do something this year. Um, Shannon Sullivan's looked okay here and there. Uh, Josh Jackson is just a gunner now apparently on special teams, so that kind of sucks. But, um, yeah, there needs to be something addressed there, at least to bring a, another body back there in the cornerback uh, room. Yeah, I agree. It's just like Kevin King will have one big play for every four misplays. Like, it's just not something that you can continue to work with because it just gives up too many yards, too many crucial first downs, too many touchdowns. And it's just something that, yeah, like you're saying, maybe it's not the end of Kevin King as a Packer, but need to get somebody in here that's going to challenge him for his spot because – Maybe if there was somebody behind him like, hey, I'm going to work harder and I'm going to try and be better than you, maybe he'll play better. But so far this is like his long-lasting year without injuries or anything like that. So it's almost like he's playing his rookie year for the first time because he's actually playing all these games. And it's just Mm -hmm. tough when it's week after week, you don't see improvement. And I think that's the issue is that we're not seeing improvement from him the big thing is just, oh, wow, Kevin King made it another week without getting hurt, so let's keep him in. But I don't know. It's just it's really disappointing when Kittle is running to the right pylon and Kevin King lets him go and runs to the left. It's There's just no excuses for stuff like that. So <laughs> I don't know. It'd be nicer if somebody could come in and challenge him and maybe, he'll, maybe he needs to play some bad offenses to kind of get back in the groove, but we can't rely on playing a bad team for him to finally step up. We want to see him perform well against the good teams because that's where it's going to be crucial. And not even just Kevin King, like the tackling by someone like Savage and Amos, it's like kind of a lot of disappointment in all of them yesterday. So definitely something they're going to need to work on in practice. Yeah, and uh, well, let's um, let's flip over to the offensive side while we're uh, moving here. Um, the thing that the thing that stuck out to me, and I, I, I mean, everyone's kind of as as the tape has come out and everyone's looked at it today. The thing that's kind of stuck out is why is Aaron Jones getting the snaps that he's getting? Um, you know, I honestly, I thought this, I thought this problem was kind of like taken care of. I thought it was a Mike McCarthy problem, but like, it seems like Matt LaFleur is kind of falling into this same, he's falling into that same issue again, where he wants to get everybody involved and force everyone to be involved on the offense. And, you know, this is, this is a, this is a Sean McVay esque offense. You know, that's the, the Matt LaFleur acorn fell from the Sean McVay tree. 
Aaron Jones should be your Todd Gurley last year. Like everything should be basically running through him at this point, whether it's through the running game or he should be either one or two option in the passing game. Um, and, and just, and to see that stat that he only got just over 50% of the carries between him and Jamal Williams. And I, I saw Andy talking about it today that he's only been targeted, I think three times in the last three games in the passing game. Um, like, I don't know, guys. It, it, it boggles me that he does so well without Devontae Adams in there. And then, like, it's it's like when you throw this other thing in there, Matt LaFleur just kind of – he doesn't seem like he knows how to handle this offense yet. Like, this offense is like a sports car, and he doesn't know how to drive shift yet, you know, like or uh, drive stick. Like, he's he's shifting poorly. He's stalling all over the place. He he doesn't just know how grind to in the heck offense. out of the clutch. The clutch yeah. is just getting ground down. Yeah, exactly. no, I think you you guys both brought up good points. Like Aaron Jones, they kept running him up the middle, and he just kept getting blown up like continuously. Mm-hmm. And like usually that run is there, um, and you're playing a good defensive line. I mean, there's a ton of first round draft picks. I don't know if you guys know if you watch the game, they talk about <laughs> it enough. But yeah, it would be nice to see Aaron Jones compliment Devonte adams or compliment each other like jamal williams did have seven receptions that's that's fine like whatever but those are kind of cheap cheap ones like check down type stuff and um i think it's i think it's important to have them both work dan like jamal and aaron but clearly aaron jones has shown that he is far more dynamic than jamal williams i think it's great to get them maybe even close to 50 50 in 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 the run game like I'm okay with that because they both both bring different elements but I think getting Aaron Jones the ball in space is far more important than getting it to Jamal Williams in space because we've seen like how productive he's been so um yeah you're very you're correct with the McVeigh thing too like McVeigh has always been one to spread the ball around I mean there's never really been a true number one for the Rams um and it's just you know a few guys have broken free and and spells in those offenses but uh yeah it's just it's disappointing um you just wish there would have been more production from the, the supporting cast outside of Devonte adams really um geronimo allison's horrible i don't know why he's getting so many snaps yeah. mvs is like he's the tony brown of the offense who i just thought was gonna have another like a, a great second year and that hasn't happened so that's kind of it just isn't great. I don't like that. So you really have no one outside of that. And then you guys that you think would be stepping up like Alan Lazard or Jake Kumaro. I mean, they don't really get targeted at all. I think they combine for three targets together. So like, again, you're not, but again, you're not getting time in the pocket. So that's, it's tough to really point fingers. Like they're not getting them the ball enough, but I do really think, yeah, Aaron Jones should be getting the ball a little bit more and just kind of scheming it a little bit differently. Yeah. And, if if the run game's not working, that doesn't mean you have to exclude Aaron Jones because he's proven that he's versatile now. He can run and he can catch and he can go short, he can go deep. So I think Aaron Jones is one of the biggest keys to this offense, like the trifecta of Rodgers, Adams, and Jones. I think if you can keep targeting him and like Aaron Jones, it doesn't just have to be a handoff every time. His game has developed so much over these last couple of seasons. And once again, like you said, he's just not getting the snap count that he should be. He's not getting 
as many as he should. And he's shown, like, even when Adams is out, that he is the number one key to this offense aside from Rodgers. So I think it's just a matter of scheming and figuring out, okay, well, we want to keep using him, but we have to use him differently. So just because the run up the middle is not working doesn't mean you have to just give up on him and start putting Williams in. And I think Williams and Jones complement each other very well, but Aaron Jones is the better of the two, so he should be getting majority of those handoffs. And it's just frustrating when, like you said, everyone around them too, and Allison mostly, who has really been disappointing with the drops lately, but you see a lot of guys, like a lot of guys yesterday were dropping the ball and would it have been too crazy to try and get Aaron Jones to do some stuff out there? Probably not. Like there wasn't much to lose. So at that point, why not figure out what you can do with him? And we've seen what we can do with him. So I think, especially when he gets compared to players like McCaffrey in the league now, he's like our McCaffrey. So I think it's ridiculous when you have somebody of that talent but you're not using them to their full potential. Yeah, very much so. And I think, too, there has to be something said. I know this gets brought up all the time uh, uh, through all of um, – Aaron Nagler comments a lot on this is that it doesn't really even seem like Aaron Rodgers is that comfortable in this offense yet with everybody because even last night when they were trying to do, you know, anything – he he doesn't seem like he really kind of feels comfortable in certain situations, especially when he knows that, um, you know, like the scheme isn't really working or that maybe he just doesn't trust what LaFleur is handling in certain situations when, you know, they're kind of falling behind. Um, not to say that like, they're not getting along or they're not vibing between the offenses, but I still think he's not, as incredibly comfortable in this offense yet as maybe, um, you know, the success in the, the early part of the season kind of showed. Uh, and yeah, I, I think too, uh, this has to be Allison's last, you know, go with this. Like this is, he, he's not a Kevin King where he was, you know, a, a, a day one or early day two draft pick that they're hoping kind of pans out. Like, like th- this is, this is, play from a guy that you know hope you take later on and hope pans out and he just has not done anything of that nature just yet um i don't know guys uh let's look ahead to this week against the giants now um i think the biggest question moving forward with this team because the next two weeks we can kind of agree while you know obviously any given sunday it's the probably two most winnable games on the schedule for the packers and you would kind of anticipate a bounce back in all areas of the team the next couple of weeks. So I think the biggest storyline moving forward is now Brian Bulaga, uh, because not even 10 plays into the game on Sunday, he goes out and he's out with another knee injury. Um, you know, the last we saw it was an MCL uh, injury. They aren't sure about, you know, how long, it's going to affect him or how long it's, he might be out with it. You know, there's talks that it could be uh, two weeks, three weeks that he could come back for the Minnesota game, hopefully. But, um, you know, now there's talk that the, the likely idea would be to move Billy Turner um, out to that right tackle spot. And then Lucas Patrick would come in into that right guard spot. 
because um, you know, we, we just didn't see the production of Alex light last night or on Sunday night. Um, so, I mean, really for me, that's the biggest key in the next two weeks is stay. Everyone else kind of has to stay healthy and you just hope that whatever comes, whatever happens with Brian Balaga is anything serious as you go into the, the final part of that, um, you know, three games against the division. Yeah. I think, like you said, going into these two weeks, uh, even before the season started, you could see that these two teams just weren't going to be that great. And I think these are confidence-building weeks. You're going up against two rookie quarterbacks. Let's not forget that. So let's tee off on them. Let's make sure Mike Pettin feels like he has a job going into Christmas still. So let's get after him <laughs> on the quarterback position. Um, yeah, it sounded like uh, Bulaga was an MCL sprain on that same knee that he did have the ACL injury. Uh, I saw that too. Uh, moving Turner to right tackle. I didn't really know who would play right guard at that point, but that does make sense that Patrick uh, would slide in there. Um, and it stinks because you lose Cole Madison last week in practice, and then you're down to eight linemen, and then Bulaga goes down, and I'm just yelling at the TV. I'm like, now we only have seven linemen. Like, we don't have – like, you have I – mean, you put in a guy, and you your backup is the last guy on the depth chart that you wouldn't even want to put in. So I I really think that they need to come up with a few different ways to uh, move the ball on the field um, to get guys like Aaron Jones open. Uh, we're we're kind of like we can't really go back to Jimmy Graham. We really haven't talked about him, but like we kind of know what we got out of Jimmy Graham at this point. He's not really going to stretch the field for us. He's going to drop the ball when it's a crucial situation more often than not. So let's get back to Alan Lazard. Let's get back to Jake Kumaro. Um MVS needs to have a confidence game at some point to be viable for us uh, throughout, you know, come January. But, you know, this is just really, like you said, let's get healthy, let's stay healthy, and let's work on some things. Let's make, let's not have like the blueprint how to beat the Green Bay Packers defense just already out there. Let's change that narrative. And I think this is the two fantastic weeks to do that. Um, the 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 Giants are banged up too. They lost Jabril Peppers. He's got a fractured back. Uh, Sterling Shepard came out of concussion protocol. Played yesterday. Golden Tate is in concussion protocol now. So they have a ton of guys that are banged up on that across that whole team. Um, interesting too. Uh, let's throw this out there. BJ Goodson did play there. Obviously, we retained him at one point during this year. Maybe we'll get a little. Um, information from him how their defense runs if that's even important because i think they're like 30th in points given up but um just another little side note yeah and just something we talked about too before pressing the record button really the only threat that we see going into this game is saquon barkley and even he hasn't really been lights out for his team like he has what two touchdowns on the year Lots of games where he's not even getting that 100-yard mark. So I don't think he had 100 yards since, like, early on in the season. And Week two. He did get hurt, but yeah. it's just like, okay, so there should be no reason that he runs all over us, too, because I think that our defense did really well against, like, McCaffrey. So there's no reason why Barkley should really be too much of a threat. And if he's the only aspect of this game that – is really concerning. I think that it should be no problem shutting him down. And Daniel Jones, like you said, rookie quarterback, 17 touchdowns, but eight interceptions. Like he's not really doing anything special for his team, just another rookie out there. So 
yeah, I think with Barkley not performing, and hopefully this isn't the game that he decides I'm going to get back to my ways and, like, put 200 up on us. But hopefully just seeing those numbers from him, maybe he'll perform that way against us. Because, I mean, you see a lot of teams that have great defenses and not so great defenses holding him. So I don't know if it's just that injury that he had earlier that's still kind of preventing him from getting to where he needs to be. But even though, like, you still just got to put all the pressure on him because you don't want him to have that explosive game against us and all of a sudden we we it makes you look bad when Saquon hasn't been performing and then all of a sudden he has a big game against you so I think he's kind of the main focus player wise like who we need to worry about on that side otherwise it's really just a lot of focusing on ourselves and not beating ourselves in the game It'll be interesting to see if Evan Ingram plays, too. He's got a foot injury he's been nursing pretty much all year, which seems like he's just one of those guys that's always hurt um, year in and year out with the Giants, even though he's been in the league that long. So he's someone that uh, clearly an athletic, one of the most athletic tight ends in the league. Uh, if he does play and that foot is a, is a go, that would be someone the Packers generally would struggle with. Um, outside of that, too, I think Darius Slayton, someone to mention, he's got five touchdowns on the year, rookie out of Auburn, but if he's really the only threat at receiver with, you know, those guys, I that's I, I think that'd be also another confidence builder. Like have Jair be able to cover him. He's having a productive year, and that's someone I think he talent wise should be able to um, control. But yeah, just I, I would like as Dan said earlier, I would love to see the the Packers hang a forty burger on the uh, the Giants. Yeah, and my my one last takeaway for. A look ahead to this game um and maybe this is just maybe i'm maybe i'm being cynical because of what happened on sunday uh but like at this point now i think you almost kind of have to blow out the giants and the redskins because you've kind of taken away any like there's you're kind of you kind of give three options as a team you're either really good you're average or you're bad. Um, and right now I think really good has almost been kind of taken off the table. And so like your options are kind of being limited of, of proving what team kind of team you are. And, you know, if you have another game, that's even a little bit close against a team like New York coming off the back of this Sunday night game, it, I think it really kind of brings a lot of those question marks become a lot bigger. Um, you know, moving forward. Uh, I, I think you really need, you know, we keep saying confidence builders. You need these two confidence builder games before you head into the gauntlet of the three divisional games to end the season. Because right now, if I'm any of those teams, I smell blood in the water um, as a division rival because two of them are playing for absolutely nothing except to spoil your season. And the other one in Minnesota has a legitimate shot to overtake you and, and win the division. Um, so I, I think you need the, you need to have these weeks come out good and, and be what you need going into that last, um, last three games of the season. Uh, before I kind of let you guys give your final thoughts on it, something just came up and I want to take, I want to get your guys' quick opinions on it. Um, because we're not going to get to talk before this, but there's also a big college football game coming up this week for you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, with, uh, 
Minnesota and Wisconsin. Well, for yeah, I mean, you know, there's another one for you, Dan. I'm including you, and in, it's just a different game. That's not a rivalry. That's a war. Um, <laughs> uh, no, um, no. I mean, uh, your take on uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Didn't look like it was going to be a huge game to begin the season, but now it's who's going to get to come face my Buckeyes in Indianapolis. Yeah, I mean, do you know you're a you're a Badger fan, yes. right? Are you a Badger fan? You are. Okay, so yeah, I mean, it, it, a few weeks ago, like until they the Badgers fell to Illinois, man, were my hopes high, and now it's to the point where like I. It's it is what it is. Like losing to Minnesota would suck. Um, I don't really have a ton of confidence in the Badgers at this point. I think Minnesota is a pretty darn good football team. Uh, I think Coach Fleck is really really good. I think he's one of the best coaches in the country. He's probably going to be up for a, a great head coaching spot at at some point unless he chooses to stay at Minnesota. But um, yeah, it'd be awesome to see the Badgers win. That'd be that would just be a nice way to kind of get the bad taste out of your mouth from Illinois and back to back loss, obviously to Ohio State too. Yeah, it's like rivalry week all week here. Like, I see anybody wearing gopher stuff. I sometimes forget that I'm back in Minnesota, and I'm like, ew, why are they wearing gopher stuff? But then I have to kind of remember <laughs> where I am. But this game, for as long as I can remember, has been huge for me especially when you live in enemy territory and I think that the game is here in Minnesota so yeah it's it's one of those games got to get the axe back and put Minnesota back where they belong so I don't know I don't want to talk too much because I'm always afraid of that bad karma coming back at me like oh well Wisconsin's better so (laughs) oh roll the boat so stupid but like I, as much as I like to trash talk, I like to do it in the comfort of my own home where nobody can, like, make me eat my own words. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys because you mentioned my big game this weekend. Uh, it's the game. And I mean, you guys know I'm, I'm in Detroit. You know, we are the, the flagship home for um, that school up north uh, athletic programs. And so, yeah, it gets a little, it gets a little interesting. And so, yeah, I, I can, I can, I can be right there with you. I agree with Janelle. I, I try and I'll, I'll do a little bit. Like I always wear my Jersey on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, I will, no matter, no matter how good Ohio state looks or how bad Michigan might look that year. Um, I, I wait until after the rivalry game to talk any kind of, any kind of smack. (laughs) Um, well, guys, any any final thoughts or uh, or, or things to, to talk about for this uh, Giants game coming up this week before we wrap up today? I mean... The Giants haven't won a game since September, so by then it'll be December 1st. Oh. So, like, let, don't let them get away. Yeah, I mean, Sorry. Even, that's, that's all I really have. It's not even just confidence-booster games. Like, this is hold the lead in the NFC North games because Minnesota has to go play Seattle and... Bears Lions play on Thanksgiving, so good point. It's like these are the games we need to maybe try and maybe even push for getting a gap between Packers and Minnesota because they have to go play the twelfth man. So not just confidence games, but stay atop of the division games at at a good time in the season as of right now. <laughs> yeah, because I think the best way the best way to you know take any pressure off that Minnesota game whatsoever is to make it basically meaningless when it comes to, you know, the terms of, of being in the NFC North title race. Um, 
Well, guys, uh, I think that does it for us. Make sure that you, um, you know, the rest of this week, stick with us here at the Pack a Day podcast. We'll definitely have more on this. Uh, I'm sure there'll also be a lot more college football talk thrown in there as well. Uh, you know, that's this is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving has to be the biggest Midwestern week <laughs> in general, right? Oh, it's great! I, mean, you, I honestly love it. Got, like, like. I planned my grocery shopping on this past Friday just to keep into account the leftovers I'm bringing home this coming week. So, like, it's it's a big well, deal. It's like you got the three big Fs. You got family, food, and football. Like, that's all I need to be happy. So, exactly. I mean, the, about here. I mean, the biggest. It's the biggest food day of the year, and then arguably some of the biggest football games of the year. So, yeah, this is for us here in the, in the Great Lakes area like this is this is always pretty big so um you know i'm sure there'll be much more about that uh in the rest of the week and um you know follow follow us on twitter at pack a day podcast um you can follow all of us on twitter as well i'm on there at dk all the way um guys where can they find you i am still on twitter at matt underscore fray underscore that's at m-a-t-t underscore f-r-a underscore janelle where are you on twitter you can find me on Twitter at Big Mac underscore four. Mac is M-A-C-K. And uh, speaking of Thanksgiving and social media, if you'd like to go find Andy Herman and completely drag him for his garbage take that Thanksgiving food is all terrible, we highly encourage Oof. that. Uh, you know, I didn't see that, but I'm about to. Yeah, go look that up. That's brutal. That, you want to talk about a ratio. Homie got ratioed for that. Uh, and right, and rightly so um, but uh, that'll do it for us guys um, until we talk again enjoy the next two weeks of football enjoy Thanksgiving spend it with your family enjoy some football and uh, as always go Pack Go Go Pack Go Go Pack Go Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.